a certain godel was at the Kaisal Amaravi and he was standing by the Kaisal Amaravi with an amazing, amazing sight. All of a sudden, this huge motorbike rolled up. Huge Harley Davidson, big motorbike rolled up the Kaisal Amaravi. And it gets right into the Kaisal. You know, it got through security and it got right there to the Kaisal. Amazing, amazing thing. And he watches in amazement. And there's two guys, huge guys with leather jackets and the studs, you know, all over their ears. And they've come into the Kaisal Amaravi. An amazing, amazing sight. And he watches, they get off their motorbike, they go over to the wall. And one of them takes out a piece of paper and he starts writing something. And he shows it to his friend. The friend nods in approval. And he folds up the piece of paper and he puts it into the wall. They go back onto their motorbike and zzz, they're off. And everybody's watching in amazement. They think, what on earth happened over here? Who are these people? What were they doing? And what did they have on that note? So they found out afterwards, I'm not sure how, but they found out afterwards a very interesting thing. These two men were actually footballers at one of the local teams. And their team were playing football that night. It was a huge match, a very important match. And they really wanted a Daven filler. They wanted a Daven that they should win. Had slaughter in the match. So they came to the Kaisal HaMaravi to Daven. And this Godel was standing there. And he says, amazing. Here you have two people that seemingly have no shaykhs, no connection to the Rabbani Shalom, to davening, to, to tefillah, but yet, they realize the chashivas of tefillah. They understand the koyach of a tefillah. And this is something Rabbi said, I wanted to discuss tonight. It's as man, at this moment of time, these weeks are times of tefillah. This week's of time we've spoken about this previously where our tefillahs work more than the rest of the year. So I thought we'll give a little bit of a chizik and I want to show you a few moments. What is a tefillah? What is a davenik? How does it work? You know, just imagine if you walked into Buckingham Palace or the White House, 10 Downing Street, wherever you want to be. You just walk in there. One of the security guards comes over and says, excuse me, you can't just walk in here. It doesn't work that way. You have to have an appointment. You have to go through security. You can't just walk in. Here are boys say, we have a base medrash. We have a base knesses. We have a shul. We can just walk in and talk to the rabbi Shalom. The Chazin Ish has a letter. And the Chazin Ish writes, how unbelievable it is, says the Chazin Ish, that you, a person can schmooze with the rabbi Shalom. You can just schmooze. You come into shul, you come into the base medrash, and you can just schmooze with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the most unbelievable thing. And it's something that I think we take a little bit for granted. And it's something that we have to work on. That a shachris, a mincha, a mariv, even without that, a capital tehillim, davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is such a koyach, such a tremendous thing that we have within ourselves that often we take it for granted. And if we take it for granted, we don't give it the proper respect and we don't treat it carefully. Let me tell you an amazing thing. Years ago, there was no such thing as if you have a headache, you take a pill. Right now, it is. If you have a headache, you, have, you don't feel good, you feel ill, whatever, you take a pill, you take paracetamol, you take whatever it is, you, you know, pop the pill, and off you go. You feel better after that, the headache goes away. There was no such thing. Years ago, if you wanted penicillin, you had to go to the doctor, and the doctor had an injection, and he injected you with his penicillin every day, twice a day. You come back to him and he had this big jar of penicillin. And he had this big syringe. And he would sort of syringe it out and he'd put it in. It was like a whole thing. 
So there was an engine, there was a big maggot, a big speaker of Yishalayim, that walked into a famous doctor. And he said, doctor, I need an empty bottle of penicillin. You know, an empty one. You know, you chuck them out after a while. It's empty. You've got to chuck them out. Give me an empty one. She thought, that's a weird request. But you know, I happen to have a whole bunch of empty ones going to the garbage. No problem. So he goes and takes them and empties his big words, penicillin. And it's empty. He gives it to the rabbi. Wonderful. Now, there was someone standing next to the rabbi. And he said, I want to ask you a question. What does this rabbi need an empty penicillin jar for? It's, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I've never had such a request in my life. He said, this person, this Rav, is a big maggot. He's a huge speaker. He speaks all over Yushalayim. When he speaks, thousands of people come in to hear him. Amazing. One, why don't you come tonight to his speech? He's speaking in Yushalayim. Come and hear what he says. So the doctor says, okay, he's a religious doctor. He figures, you know, why not? I'm going to go and hear what he has to say. So he goes into this big hall, and he sees thousands of people. And this, darshan, this, this, this maggot is dizzy, darshaning on stories and this. And it's amazing, amazing Josh. And he's thinking to himself, all right, when is he going to do something with the penicillin job? And the fellow comes up and says like this. The, the maggot gets up and he says, Rabbi Isa, I want to tell you something amazing, says the maggot. There's something that has been created that the doctors, universities, professors have come up with a medication. If a person's sick, if a person has the flu, if a person's not well, then you take this medication and you become better. And he pulls out from under the stand of this big jar of penicillin. He puts it on and says, Rabbi Yisrael, what a wonderful thing. The Rabbi Shalom put in Das Bnei Adam in human beings the thought to make such a thing. It's amazing. And he continues. And he says, there's something more, Hashif. There's something even better than that. And this doctor's thinking now, whoa, what has this guy just came up with? What's he, you know, invented? How's he come up with something better than penicillin? There's something better than penicillin? I've never heard of it. I've been in doctor school and teaching medicine for years. So he says like this. The maggot says, let me tell you. You know what's better than a bottle of penicillin? It's a bottle of Jewish tears. That when a person sheds Jewish tears... When a person understands what it means to dub, when a person understands what it means, that when we need something, and every single person needs something, whether it comes in Shidduchim, whether it comes in good children, when it comes to children, when it comes to Parnassah, everyone needs something. And he said that a bottle of tears is worth more than any medicine in the entire world. In Parshas Bereshis, there's the most amazing Chazal, it's a posuk which Chazal explained. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, when Noach was there, when Adam Arishim was there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that you should spring forth, you should allow all the greenery to come up into the world. And Rashi brings it to Medrash. It's an amazing thing. When did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create everything? On the very first day. But it only came out days later. Why? Because it shows you an amazing thing. It shows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created everything. But you have to bring it out. What brings it out? Tefillah. When you stand up in shul and you daven a Shemayna Esra and you daven an Ashrei Yoshrei Veisecha you daven a something like that it, you don't realize what you're doing. HaKadosh Baruch has created everything for everyone. But if you don't bring it down it's not going to come to you. The only way that it comes to you is through Tefillah. Tefillah is the most powerful tool that we have. Just imagine New York City. It is a blackout of New York City. The whole place goes black. The whole place goes down. The place is pitch dark. Can you imagine how much electricity they need for New York City? It's tremendous. Because for such a big place, you need a lot of electricity, you need a lot of power. So much so is the same thing with Tefillah. Tefillah is the electricity of our lives. That's what Tefillah is. If you want Shefa, Bracha, Hatzlacha, anything, the way is to Tefillah. 
Tefillah is what brings bracha to a person's life. I don't want to tell you an amazing thing. There's a Gemara in bracha. So listen to this, Rabbi. said these are tools for the rest of your life. You know, every person here davens three times a day, and Beis Hashem will be davening three times a day for the rest of his life until 120 years. I haven't worked it out, but that's a lot of davenings. That's a lot of tefillahs. Wouldn't it be a shame for the rest of your life to daven, and it doesn't mean anything? It's sort of like you get it over and done with, you know, in, out. Come on, where's the chazan finishing chazoras and shats already? Come on, crazy, it takes so long. If tefillah is a burden, then you're never going to enjoy it, but you're going to do it anyway. So right now, Rabbi Yitzhak, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you how powerful tefillah is. There's a Gemara in Brochas. Listen to this Gemara. The Gemara in Brochas, that volume of base tells us like this. Elu Dvarim. These are the things. There are the highest spheres. People are mazalzal in them. Says Rashi Kigoyin Tefillah She'oyla Lamala. Says the Yalkut Agrishoni and the Gemara over there in Brochos. What does it mean people are mazalzal? Everybody davens. Who doesn't daven? What's the Gemara saying that people are mazalzal in it? So he explains like this. Often people have a thought. I don't know if it's crossed your mind ever. But sometimes, you know, we daven every day and we say we want this and we say we want that. But... The Maisa, is it ever going to happen? Are we actually going to get what we asked for? Like, is it actually going somewhere? You know, Rebelli Lopian says the famous story. He was standing outside a bus stop and a lady walked out. A Jewish lady, a from lady, walks out of the church. She walked out of the church. And she came over to him and she says, Rabbi, you're probably very surprised how a from Orthodox woman is walking out of the church. And he said, you're absolutely right. You read my mind. I'm very surprised. Can you explain this to me? She says, Rabbi, you don't understand. It's amazing. They have something there that Judaism doesn't have. They have something that Judaism doesn't have. And the Rabbi, Rabbi Rabbi Lopian, is intrigued. What does they, what does the Catholic Church have over Judaism? Please tell me, enlighten me. So she says, Rabbi, they have something called confession. You go and you sit in a room. And across the window over there is, a, is, is some priest. And you tell him over all your veras and everything done wrong. And he said, you've been, you know, you've been repented and you've been all forgiven for. And everything is wiped clean. And you just feel so good. She said, Rabbi, Judaism just doesn't have that. And you know what he said to her? What are you talking about? Judaism doesn't have that? We, what do you mean? We say Tachnan all the time. We have Rosh Hashanah. We have Yom Kippur. We have every single day. That person can do Tshuva. We have confession. We have Vidoy. Of course the Yiddish guy had it. She said, Rabbi, you don't understand. Here there's someone listening. There there's someone listening. And the rabbi said, listen, hey woman, you don't understand. Because that person that's listening has the courage to do nothing. The person that listens, the, the person, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that listens to our tefillahs has the courage to do anything. And a person has to realize that true, it's difficult sometimes to experience that geschmack of speaking to someone because there's no one really that you're physically speaking to. But the Messias is, if you realize that you're speaking, my Mashiach, who's used to say, we say Avinu Malkeinu. What's Avinu Malkeinu? Avinu is our father, Malkeinu is our king. What are we saying both for? Avinu, Malkeinu. Why both? Just say Avinu or say Malkeinu. Is it like Melech or is it our father? What's the reason? A beautiful explanation of our voice. I listen to this. Avinu Malkeinu is like this Avinu is our father. A father loves a child. However far a child goes, a father always loves a child. And a father wants to do everything he can, but he hasn't got the ability always to do everything. A melech, a king, is a different situation. A melech might not love every single person, but he has the ability to do everything because he's got all the money and the power and everything. And we're saying the Rabbani Shalom has two major qualities. Avinu is our father. He loves us. He wants the best for us. 
but he's also Malkinu. He's our Melech, and he can do everything. And that's who we're davening to. And that's the reality of it as well. And the Gemara continues. Says the Yalkut Gushani and Brochus, people in Mazalzuk, because they think it doesn't work. I've davened hundreds of times in my life and nothing ever happened. But you have to realize, means that these tefillahs that you are to go up to the highest place in Shomayim, and they stay there for when you may need them. Therefore, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, you don't see the immediate result of your davening. But it goes up there. It's It goes to the highest spheres of heaven. And it's saved there for when you may need it most. And that's something a person has to realize. The Gemara tells us as well a very, very interesting thing. There was a Misa once with a very, very wealthy person that gets a lock on his door. And his old, old yeshiva friend comes in. He says, oh, Shlomi, I haven't seen you for years. Where have you been? How are you? And they're exchanging where he's holding, where he's holding. And finally the rich man says, listen, I haven't got all the time in the world. What are you doing here? There must be a reason why you came. And he said, listen, my good friend, Dovidal, remember our yeshiva days? Remember how friendly we were? We were roommates, we were chavuses. It was great. I've gone through a terrible situation. I've lost all my money. I don't have a parnosa. I'm making a chasna for my child. I don't have a penny. You have to help me. And the rich man said, sure, I'll help you. What's the shayla? Come tomorrow to my office at 12 o'clock. I'll write out a check straight away. No worry. Don't worry. Absolutely fine. And he says, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. And the next day comes 12 o'clock and the rich man is looking at his watch thinking, hey, I thought he's meant to come now. Maybe I told him 1 o'clock. I don't remember. 3 o'clock comes 4 o'clock. He doesn't show up. Doesn't show up. That's very interesting. That night, the guy walks in again. And he says, oh, Dovidol, that is so nice to see you. How are you? He says, you have to help me. I'm going through a terrible time. A terrible time. I have no parnosa. I have no money. I'm making a chasna in a few weeks with my child. I don't have anything. And the guy says, I told you to come today. Don't worry about it. Come again. Come tomorrow. Come to my office. I'll give you a check. And the next day he waits. And every day he waits. And every day he waits. And he doesn't come. And it's the same thing. The Rebbeini Shalala has everything. And wants to give us everything. But we just don't show up. Where are we? We may physically be in shul. We may physically be in our seat with our sitter in front of us. But is it Lemaisa? Are we really asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu believe Shalem for everyone, for everything that we need, knowing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can actually do something? You know the Chavetz Chaim says a very scary thing. The Chavetz Chaim writes, and the Kuti Emorim says the Chavetz Chaim, all the Tzoros, and I don't have to tell anybody, the Tzoros that are going on in Klal Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, for sure, and around the world, says the Chovetz Chaim, you know why they're coming on us? Says the Chovetz Chaim. Chovetz Chaim says, it's because people are not being married by Tvila. People are not davening. People are not using the koyak of Tvila that they have. Every single yid, every nishama has such a koyach at You have a koyach to daven that can reach the highest places in the world. And yet... We come in, Ashri Yeshri Vesecha, when's he finishing already? What a long Hazaras Hashat. What's he have to say the words so slowly for? But little do we realize how harsh of these words are. It's an amazing thing, let me tell you as well. A couple of interesting things. There's a very, very interesting tomorrow. You have to hear this. Rabbi said, these are tools for the rest of your life. I guarantee you, if you plug this message in and you live it, you'll have a different experience of Tfil and a different life altogether. The Gemara tells us like this in Rosh Hashanah, Dafyut Chesam and Aleph, says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, that Rabbi Meir saw two people with the same illness. Two people with the same illness. There were two people also on the gallows, about to be hung. Two people with the same illness, two people on the gallows. 
Says the Gemara, one of them recovered, and one of them didn't recover. That's the Gemara tells us. What's the difference? Says the Gemara like this. One of them davened, and he was answered. One of them davened, and he wasn't answered. Very simple. Very simple. One answered, one not. They both davened. One was answered, one didn't. What's the pshat? Says the Gemara, you know why? Because one of them davened at Tfilah Shlema, and one didn't daven at Tfilah Shlema. What is a Tfilah Shlema? Says Rashi, Nishavin. Now we would translate Rashi as Kavana, intention, he knows the words, he has the art scroll, he's into it. Let me ask you a question. If a guy lying in hospital, Rahman Islam, we should never know such a thing. Lalainu. Guy lying in hospital. And the doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry to tell you that the uh, prognosis, the results have come in, and I'm afraid to tell you you only have a few days to live. You only have a few days to live. Your whole family's there crying their eyes out. And he shouts and he screams and he davens and he cries and he pleads with the Rabbani Shalom, please, please spare my life. My wife is young. I have children who need looking after. You can't take me now. Please, Rabbani Shalom, save my life. Is there a more sincere fellow than that? Could you imagine? It's not like us walking into Mencha. I mean, come on. This is a tefillah. This guy's life depends on it. Can there be such a thing that he didn't daven it full of just imagine the guys on the gallows. They're about to pull the string. They're about to take away the stool from underneath his legs. He's going to leave this world in a few moments. He has a couple of minutes to daven. What does that tefillah look like? Does it look like our mincha? Or does it look like a real tefillah? I guarantee it looks like a real tefillah. And yet the Gemara says that one of them was answered and one wasn't. Mapshat. What's going on? So the answer says, Rebele Lopian Zatzal. Beautiful pshat. He says, you know what it means? You know what Kavona means? When Rashi says Kavona and Tfilish Shlema, you know what the Pshad is? Pshad is he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. And if you don't believe in Tfilah, it might not work. If you want to know the recipe, if you want to have the key to a successful Tfilah which will allow us to daven for whatever we need, the answer is right here, Rabbi I said, the key is right here. And the key is like the Gemara tells us, Nishaven or not, Tfilish Shlema or not. A tefillah shleima means that when the doctor walked in and said to him, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to live more than a few days, what was he thinking? Yes, he davened. But he davened knowing it's all over and start planning the Leviah and what Hesper they're going to save for him. Yes, he davened. But he didn't believe it's going to work. Whereas the other one davened believing that the koyach of my words now can have a koyach to affect what my life will be. And that's how a person has to realize. A person has to realize that tefillah can work. And tefillah has a tremendous, tremendous kayak. I want to tell you two amazing stories. Two amazing stories. There was a marshal that's brought down by Shabsa Yudlevich. Beautiful marshal. Listen to this. He said there was a, 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 an orphan in Peru. An old a village over there in Peru. There was a village over there. There was an orphanage. And there was a young boy, nine-year-old boy, that he was in the orphanage, the conditions were terrible, it wasn't exciting, the food was terrible, the dormitories were terrible, the work that they had to perform was hard, it was a horrible life. But that's all he had, in their parents. And he used to look at the window every day and watch how he saw a mother and a father holding their child's hand, taking them to school in the morning, picking them up, and he begged, and he wished that he could have such a family. He wished that he could be part of such a thing and he never had it. And he said, that's it, I need to do something. So he wrote a letter. He put it in an envelope and he put it into the mailbox. 
And the postman in Peru opened up the mailbox, sorted it through and saw the addresses. And he takes one out and it says, To God. And he thinks, what am I going to do with this envelope? It says, To God. I don't know what to do. Now in Peru there was an old custom that you never ever open someone else's mail. It was like an old ancient thing, you know, spooky thing, no one would dare open it. So the guy took it and he gave it to his supervisor. Supervisor says, what am I going to do with this? To God, I can't open this. So he gives it to his manager. The manager says, I don't know what to do with it. And it started going from person to person until it ended up in the Prime Minister's office of Peru. The highest man, the highest authority in Peru. And he figured the thing is, if I can't open it, nobody can open it. So he closes the door, locks the door. He takes his fancy, you know, envelope opener and he opens up the envelope slowly. His hands are a bit shaking, thinking, what's going to happen? And he opens up and a small letter comes out. And he says, dear God, I'm sure you know who I am. I don't need to tell you who I am. I don't have a mother and I don't have a father. Please give me a family. You're the only one that can. Signs his name and that's it. And the man was touched. The Prime Minister was touched. How can such a boy write such a thing? Amazing. And he's brought in his officers and he brought in his wife and he said, what should we do? And his wife said, let's get him and let's adopt him. They didn't have children. So the officers said, how are we going to find him? They started tracking him down. They went from orphanage to orphanage around the whole place. And eventually they found the boy. And Limo comes to take the boy, takes him to the Prime Minister, and the husband and wife are there. The Prime Minister's wife are looking at him and they talk to him and they see that he's great. We want to have this boy as our own. And they take the boy in, and that's it. Says Rabbi Shabsa Yudalevich, what did this boy do already? You know what he did? He offered a tefillah. He doubled. He wrote a letter. He understood that he has the kayak to do something. You know, in the, I don't know if you've ever been to Lakewood, right? Lakewood's an amazing place. I've been there recently. Beautiful place. I walked to the BMG over there. Wow, the base medrash over there is unbelievable. But they say as follows, the first day of this month is very difficult. Because the first day of this month, everyone's busy with the chavrusas. And if you don't get your chavrus on the first day, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this month. So the first day, everyone's running around, you know, you're going to learn with me, you're going to learn with me. And it's like a whole, you know, shidduch situation over there with Chavus on the first day of this month in Lakewood Yeshiva. And it's very interesting, there was always one boy in Yeshiva. He wasn't the best boy, wasn't the best learner, he was a great kid, but he was like, you know, medium. And he sort of always got the best Chavusa. And people realize this after a few zmanim, after a few, you know, a couple of years. How does he always manage the best chavusa? He's a shvacha guy. He's all right, but he's not the best. And he gets the best chavusa. So someone said, you know what? I'm going to follow him around. So they follow him around and they watch what happens. And what happens is amazing. What happens is he goes around and he goes to one of the top guys in the He says, do you want to learn with me? And the guy says, yeah, sure, sure no problem. That's amazing. How do you do that? He goes to the afternoon and says, do you want to learn with me in the afternoon? Yeah, sure, no problem. It's amazing. How, how do you do this? And then he walks over to the payphone. And he walked over to the payphone. And he called up his mother. And he said, Mother, you can stop saying to Hillim, I already have my chavrusas. That's what it is. The koyach of a tefillah. The koyach of a tefillah means that if we believe, if we understand, if we come to the recognition that we have the ability to ask for whatever we want, then it's amazing. And it's amazing. Let me just tell you two last things. Rabbi Elazar Yudafinkel Zatzal from the Meh said over that there was a certain Yid who was a Moisa. He used to sort of tell on people it was a terrible thing. He called Soros to Kali Yisrael. And the, the basin over there, Paskin, that he was Chayv Misa. Whatever the situation was. In the middle of Shemayna Esra, he was davening Shemayna Esra. And the group of people came from the basin with a psak from all the rub on him. We're taking him, they wrapped him in a, in, a, in, a, in a blanket. They took him and they threw him into the river. That was the psak. A few days later, he came to the Rav in a dream. 
And he said, Rav, I want to tell you, you paskin correctly. I was high of me, sir. You're absolutely right. But I just have one taina. I have one complaint. You know what my complaint is? You took me in the middle of a Shemonesra. You took me in the middle of davening with the Rabbi Shalom. I'm talking to Hashem. You don't realize the koyach of a Shemonesra. You don't realize what it is, the koyach of one word of tefillah. And that's unbelievable. And the Rabbi said, let me end to say that in this generation, at this time of year especially, this is what we need. This is what Klal Yisrael needs. It's so choshev, it's so important. I want to tell you an amazing thing. When the clouds of anti-Semitism were hovering in the skies years ago, so the big gedolim in, in the Europe were wondering, what are we going to do? All the gedolim got together to figure out what is going to happen, what are we going to do, how are we going to battle the gzera of her terrible things that's going on in Europe? What are we going to do? It was 1938, that was the year, 1938. The sense of doom was, was getting closer and closer. People were hearing rumors of what they were taking Yidden, what they were doing to Yidden, torturing them, gassing them. All the rumors were coming out. The Gedolim didn't know what to do. So they got together. And all the Gedolim and the Rosh Hashivas and Rebbers started giving ideas. This one said we should mechazik in the Torah. This one said we should mechazik in this. This one said we should And they were all beautiful ideas. The last person to speak was the Panovichirov. The Panovichirov got up. And he said, what everyone has said so far is beautiful and everyone's got great ideas how to mavatal the gzera and how to help Claudius strong. But I want to give you a marshal. And he said, a fire once broke out in Rabiol's home. A fire broke out in Rabiol's home. And the people of the town gathered to try to put out the fire. They started taking buckets of water and they were throwing it on the house. They're trying to get rid of the flames. And one person said to someone else, have you ever thought that maybe Rabiol is still inside? You're putting out the flames, but Rabiol is in the fire. He's inside the house. What are we going to do? So everyone started having ideas. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll try to get inside. We'll get a ladder. Maybe we'll be able to do this. Or we'll get a fire brigade. All good ideas. One of them says, no. These ideas are not going to help you. He's stuck in the fire. We need to save him now. The only way is to scream. Because if you scream, you know what's going to happen? He'll wake up. And if he wakes up, he'll come out. And he'll come out alive. Says the Ponovichirov. Everyone has beautiful ideas, the machazik in this, the machazik in that, and it's wonderful. But we're holding the situation where Klali Yisrael are engulfed in flames. What's going to happen? We have one eitzah and one eitzah only. Said the Ponovich Yerov to scream with the loudest voice that we can. And when we scream with that voice, then we'll be able to wake up. And that's what we're holding now, Abayisai. An El, a Rosh Hashanah, a Yom Kippur, a Shana Rabbah. These are times of tefillah. These are times that we can go and do things that of the unimaginable. And Be'ez HaShem Rabbi said, we all need atzlacha. We need bracha. We need success in so many things. The only way, say Chazal, the koyach of a tefillah. And every single person has that koyach. Not one person more than anybody else. Rabbi say, let's use the koyach. Let's appreciate the davening. Let's understand what it is when tomorrow morning we have a shachris, an opportunity to open up a siddur and talk to the Rebbe Nishalaylam. There was a fellow at the Kaisal, and the next time was a Sfadiyid, and he saw and he was listening, not purposely, but he was listening because the guy was speaking loud. And he was telling over Kaddish Baruch Hu his day. He was saying, I did this today, this happened to me, this guy said this to me. He was telling over Kaddish Baruch Hu his day, he was speaking to nobody except the Rebbe Nishalaylam. And at one point, he said, oh no, no, sorry, I, I, I told you that already. He, pushed, he understood he was talking to someone. We have that opportunity. The question is, do we use it? 
We have the opportunity to daven a tefillah, to be in a tefillah, to come to a tefillah, to concentrate, to believe that it works. And Rabbi Yisrael, Hashem, if we do that, the Rabbi Yisrael will give us siyat dishmaya, will give us bracha, will give us hatzlocha, will give us everything good that we need in our lives. Be'ez Hashem, Rabbi Yisrael. We'll have a lot of bracha, have a wonderful, wonderful night. Shkoyach.